You're listening to the Four Frequency Sake Network. On what is going to be deemed Separation Sunday in the National Football League, we welcome you in to the Sunday live show with two sad Dolphins fans. Oh, fuck. All right. We'll get that out of the way eventually. I'm... I was sassy all day today, but the games today were good. That's for sure. Your boy, Joe, the show. Thank you all for joining us. We're back on a Sunday for the first time in what feels like forever. feels like we haven't done this in a while, but we technically are only six days removed from the last time we got to hang out with each other. Nick Briggs is here. Nick, how are you doing? Doing well. Miami Dolphins finished second today. Kyle Larson second in the championship today. You're just repping just, a whole lot of first all losers. The, all the losers today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're repping all the people who are the best at winning today or best at losing today. They uh, were. You ain't first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> um, yeah, we. you mentioned that. We'll talk about that later at the end of the show. Uh, that was a fun day. That was fun. We had a great day in Phoenix, oddly enough, something that neither one of us expected. We had, honestly, this was a day where we mentioned how this slate, if you just looked at the slate as a whole, you'd be like, eh. But when you broke it down, this was the first time in a while where you had one actual game of elite level teams. Not just saying that because uh, out of those teams today, um, you know, six of my elite eight, the other two were on a buy. And then in my power rating tier that I did the other day for the second month tier, I had the team that was ninth and 11th on my full rankings list. Uh, So yeah, eight of those 11 teams played each other today, six of the eight in my elite eight. um, And they were all on different time slots. Oddly enough, the noon one was a blowout. We'll talk about it, but there were two games that we'll talk about in the best of the rest that were awesome. This was a really good day of football. The best one probably we have had in a while from just a start to finish aspect of it. We're going to talk about all of it. Um, Nick, how was your TV viewing experience today? Did you and did you how long did it take you to recover from the morning sulkness of the the German lands? So I got to enjoy. Well, actually, I take it back. I did not enjoy the first half today. That was not a fun first half of football to watch, but I watched the whole thing. Me too. Watched the whole third quarter. And then uh, some at some point in the fourth quarter, I had to leave. I was a godfather in a baptism today for my cousin's kid. So I missed the end of the game. Had I left and it was 21-14. That was all I knew. And apparently nothing else happened scoring-wise. So I didn't miss any touchdowns, unfortunately. I was hoping I was going to miss the tying touchdown and then somehow take the lead and get the win and be surprised when I check my phone at some point. But that did not come. And then we went out to eat, 
so I missed the first hour and a half or so, maybe two hours. I picked things up about halftime of the noon noon games, and we did have the Packer game on at the restaurant where we were eating for our baptismal dinner. But Packers and uh, Rams, Rams, yeah, uh, a forgettable game today. Uh, I couldn't even remember who the who the Packers played. I don't even know if they know the quarterback they played today. They did. Um, so yeah, I I caught the first half of that one and then got home, and the race was on. So I was watching a lot of NASCAR and then following games on my phone and stuff like that. So all I know is I did not have Texans Bucks as the game of the day in my pregame bingo sheet. Before that was not, that was not there. Before the fourth quarter of Dallas and Philadelphia, it was. And then, I mean, holy Jesus, that was bananas. Just like the different layers. That thing had more layers than like your favorite grandmother's casserole. Um, that that fourth quarter of Dallas, Philadelphia. And we'll talk about all of it. We're going to hit all of these games today. There were about six that we're going to tamper the most. Maybe give a few different little touching notes from a weird, fun, awesome day of sporting around the globe literally uh but first as always we thank you for joining leave a like uh share the video comment join join us in the chat these shows are always the best when you guys are here with us to interact also you can see down low we are racing for 100 subscribers that's our goal on youtube you can go and and subscribe to us at four frequency sake qc we really appreciate it <clears throat> We're at 73. We're trying to get to 100 during the regular season. That would be really, uh, that would be very nice. Uh, we would appreciate that more than you know. Okay, let's talk some ball. Let's lean back and enjoy this. And let's talk about the game we just got done watching. The Cincinnati Bengals. The B in Bengals. It stands for back. We kind of got, we kind of touched on this last Monday in our, uh, you know, best case, worst case most likely scenario, but we didn't get to singularly talk about it too much. But Nick Brinks, I will start with you. I will ask, we now have seen the Bengals win four games in a row in that being a, in the middle of that being a bye week, which since they have come back, they went to San Francisco and won by two scores and pretty much controlled this game at arm's length for the majority of it against everyone's favorite team, the Buffalo Bills, and Joe Burrow, especially in these last two games, has been dominant. Over 350 yards against the Niners. He had just under 350 tonight. So I will start with you, Nick. Four games in a row. Technically, they wouldn't be in the playoffs if it started today, but I ask you, at 1047 Central Time on November 5th, the year of our Lord, 2023, how back are the Cincinnati Bengals. Even last week, I I was like, yeah, the Bengals are better than they were, you know, the first few weeks of the season. But now I'm like, all right, I think I have to accept the fact that the Bengals are going to be legit. Dang it. It's I like last thought, week you didn't. I just, I felt like they were going to be frauds again, and here they are. It's like last week you didn't want to uh, well. temper your expectations. You wanted to temper your expectations last week, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I mean, I will say when they when they when they beat the 49ers, I thought, oh, okay, 
they might be they might be getting there. And yeah, now tonight I'm like, okay, yeah, the Bills, they were not the better team on the football field at really any point in that game tonight. And that wasn't necessarily unexpected because I, I I did lean Bengals tonight. Um, but yeah, they came out and they they had they definitely had chances to put Buffalo away and didn't. Yeah, but, they did. But they still win by a couple scores, or I guess it you know six at the end. Um, but it was a a very dominant six point win in in that regard. So. Burrow continues to look healthier and healthier each week. And I think the, the the more the season goes along, it's easier to say the struggles early in the season can really be traced back to Burrow's injury and just not being 100%. You can see the way he runs. He's not afraid to take off down the field now. First few weeks of the season, you weren't seeing that. He was not somebody that could use his legs against you. But now, Mike, tonight, I, I, I can recall at least one big third down conversion that he he took care of business with his legs yes sir so burrow is back the Bengals are back and they did it tonight really without jamar chase in the fact that the bills they were focusing on him meant higgins could have a good night tight ends really played well for the Bengals tonight they had yeah really all three of them made sizable contributions <laughs> i don't even know who the starter is uh but technically they got... it's irv smith and they okay. only had 20 catches with their they only had 20 catches with their tight ends coming into tonight through seven games. And tonight, so I mean a, yeah, Smith goodness. got a touchdown, almost got a second one near the end. Um, and then uh, Sample got one, and then Hudson also had a good night. He uh, Hudson, had several catches. Hudson so, had yeah. four catches. Uh, I was gonna run through the stats real quick. I got them here. Um, and by the way, Burrow last week had 280 yards. My apologies, y'all are gonna aggregate me for that and also just want to get to this bryce uh watching on youtube we do answer fantasy questions um we try to kind of keep them in a good rhythm of how we're doing the show but uh you know we'd love for you to hang out and obviously ask us us for you know input throughout the whole day but uh if you have any fantasy questions and yes we will get to those leave them in the chat we appreciate it uh and thank you very much for watching so if you mentioned if your fantasy is the is sticking a fork in the bills, yes, Joe wants to talk about that. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, but so they had 20 catches coming into today, right? The tight ends. Tanner Hudson, four for 45 with five targets. Drew Sample, three for 30 and a touchdown, which I am still befuddled. I'm mad you didn't text me back when I asked you how that was a touchdown. Uh, four with four targets. And Irv Smith, three with 28, or three for 26 and a touchdown. Uh, for four tart with four targets. So two of the touchdowns coming to their tight ends. Um, both of the passing touchdowns. What a day for T Higgins though. My God, eight for a buck 10. He's been awesome. The last two games. Uh, yeah. And I thought one of the things they needed to do at the deadline was go out and like grab a tight end, you know, and they said, no, we're cool. We're just going to force feed the shit out of these three cats. Uh, and like double our tight end production through, uh, you know, from, from game seven to eight, uh, you mentioned the, the running stuff with Burrow. And that was the stuff I saw last week that really made me confident. Like, yeah, even though they're four and three and where they are at this exact moment, I, I, I have faith in this team. And we'll talk more about that faith in a little bit. Um, 
I have faith in this team and I know what they can be and I know what they have been and I know what they are right now and what I saw last week. And what I saw last week was the enough necessary steps against the right opponent to proclaim that I felt like, yeah, they're in. And there's a reason that I put them fourth in my Elite Eight, even though, as I said, going into this week, if the season had ended, they would not be in the playoffs. Still today, if the season ended, they would not be in the play. At least, I think they'd probably need a Jets loss to because of the Bills losing. So they jump them. If they get if the Jets lose tomorrow, I think they would. That would actually put them in. But like, regardless, um, I'm guessing right now at this exact moment, they would be ahead of the Jets by that half game that the Jets haven't played yet. Exactly. And tomorrow, for, for, for the time being, they may be in as the seven. Yeah, they're in that seven eight ish range. Um, but you know, you mentioned the, his movement and again, and also to the things I watch is their play calling. Remember what I said last week, how going into, uh, the game against the, uh, the Niners, I think they had only called like four under center play action passes and against the Niners, they've called like 12 or under center dropbacks. I should say tonight they were dropping them back from under center. They were moving the pocket for him. They were allowing him to do separate things. And then, of course, obviously, his ability to extend plays, that just allows you to know, okay, he is back. He is feeling himself and feeling confident. And he he is the best in the league, in my opinion, at just – I don't think there's anybody better than him at standing in the pocket with his footwork and his base and just delivering the ball to where it needs to go. Mahomes has the added – theatrics and the arm strength and the ability to just make different throws and his movement burrow has the movement and burrow can put some zip on it but burrow is an accurate sniper and he will sit there and just absolutely tear your face off and again tonight he was awesome and they ran the ball they didn't run the ball well tonight like they did last week but, you know, they were able to get to it at times. I thought they should have ran it more. But that's, you know, overall. And their defense. People have hated this defense all year. And I understand they gave up some big games in certain spots. And their their secondary isn't as good as you would want to be. But you know what they have had, Nick, in this three-year stretch that has been consistent? That front four and the depth of it is really good. And they got sacks tonight again. This team is making all the right steps in the right direction. And this was a two-game little turning point in their season, going to San Francisco, then coming back and hosting Buffalo. And they won both of them. Not, not, it's, comfortably is tough because they did have moments, but the games weren't ever truly in doubt when you really think about it because of how well they executed in those second halves of both of these games between the Niners and the Bills in the last two weeks. It's just amazing to me. You look at the division standings in the AFC North, and the Bengals are fourth right now. That entire division is two games above 500. What a bloodbath. And I'm sure not looking at, you know, not having the schedule ahead of me, right in front of me right now, like the next half of the season that's still yet to come, the bloodbath that will be the matchups between the AFC North opponents. And somehow, some way, the Steelers are still They're five right in the mix. I hate it. They're the five seed. 
They're like kill me. The worst Shoot good record team ever. We've talked about that multiple times in the last month. They just keep doing it. It's frustrating, but they're the I mean, five you know seed. Give give credit. <laughs> you know who deserves all the credit there? Mike Tomlin continues to be a hell of a coach, and that's that's about all I have there. And Matt Canada, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, they find ways, man. Hey, if I Brian Ferentz can get canned midseason, there's hope, so right? Yeah. Bengals play the Steelers twice in the second half of the season. They also get the Ravens. They got to go to Baltimore. I think the Baltimore game's week 18, by the way. Week. No, I'm a dumbass. Oh, I forgot. Oh, my God. What a week. Remember how we said next Monday? Would it be next Monday? Is two Mondays. Monday or, yeah, maybe two, two Mondays. Mondays from now. We're going to do. We're not going to do a Sunday show. We're going to do a Monday show because it's Eagles Chiefs. The Thursday to start that week. I forgot about this. Bengals at Ravens. Oh, the two so best be the, games. That'll be the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Seventeenth yeah. or whatever. Sixteenth. That okay. is. I'm just spoiling alert, a spoiler alerting tomorrow when I do my Elite Eight. That's the four best teams in the league. I mean, fight me. I'll DM me, Joe the Show. You know, my ads are there. Direct message me. I'll give you my address. You can come to my house. We can fight on my front yard. That's the four best teams in the league. I do not give a shit. There is no better te- team or no teams better than those four. And I love the Lions and the Jags, but they are kind of in their own tier, paced ahead the rest of the league. Today was Separation Sunday, and those four teams, in my opinion, hence the theme, separated themselves. And they play bookending Week 12. Oh, God, I love it. Or is it Week 11? Regardless. Oh, yeah, Week 11. 11. Be still my beating heart. Okay. Real quick, Bryce Ridley. He says, I have Ayuk, Thielen, Adams, Cooper, Kirk, and Deontay. It's a lot of names. My running backs are Aaron Jones. I got a trade proposal to send Ayuk for Jonathan Taylor. Did JT have a good game today? Depends uh, on the usage. I would not say, great, right? but he had 18 carries and Moss had seven. So I think the usage will be there. Aaron Jones. That was also a game that they... Pretty well led the whole way. I would keep. I would I keep know. him. Because Adams, like his target share is gross right now. Yeah. Um, Deontay Johnson's a good. I mean, Deontay Johnson might be a starter for you at this point. I would keep Ayuk. Ayuk's probably your best receiver. I'd I want to see Ayuk. how how Thielen did today, too. Five for 29. Ooh, probably not good. good. Bryce Young was the. I love him, and he's been playing oh, I, well, but Bryce Young was a disaster today. I, I almost lean to toward taking taking Taylor in that, in that trade. Over Ayuk? Kind his, of. His receivers, though, don't you think? Yeah, well, that whole roster looks gross. I, I don't really see a path forward to winning championships with it. It's not bad if because of how good Thielen's been. Okay. It's not bad if Adams... Like, if you're five starting skill guys, if you're in a regular league, where Ayuk, Thielen, and Adams, and then Jones, who, I mean, granted, he's just been decimated. And, like, 
two of those four running backs when they're healthy is like a solid. I because hasn't Kenneth Walker been good in fantasy Until this today? Year? Yeah, he's been good. Well, yeah, they ran into a goddamn buzzsaw today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, flip a coin. That's the we are here to give you bad advice. I'm sorry, Bryce. We just let you down. Subscribe anyway, though. We would appreciate it. Um, do okay. what you say or do what you want. If it works out well, give us the credit. If it doesn't work out well, we didn't say a, a word. Exactly. Yeah, don't blame us over here. We're just out here like kind of ha- glad-handing you through the process. All right, last thing on this game. Unless you have any other avenues you want to go to, but you know where I'm going to go. <laughs> All right, so coming into this game, I was telling people one of my – my I had two NFL plays in the Sinister Six this week. It was Bills – it was Bengals minus one and a half. Everyone and their dad – has picked picked the Bills, loved the Bills, all of this stuff. And it reminded me, remember that little rant we went on talking about benefit of the doubt and what the bang, what the Bills have done to earn said benefit of the doubt? Do you still have that answer, by the way, uh, for me? Yeah, nothing. They haven't done anything. Okay. So, um... <laughs> Hey, Bryce with the subscribe. What a legend. Bryce, leave in the comments who your favorite team is. And if that if you were happy today with their performance. Um, so yeah, the Bills. I hope he's not a Bills fan. Oh God. So people were so quick to just get rid of their Bengal stock, tell everybody how bad they were, all of that stuff. Even when they play good, they're like, yeah, not really. When the last two years they have done they have gone to, I don't know, the Super Bowl, kind of an important game. And last year, after starting four and four, they won like 11 in a row before losing at the buzzer to the team that won the, I don't know, the Super Bowl. But everyone picked the Bills tonight going to Cincinnati when they haven't looked good all season. It's just another example of the bills getting credit because they almost beat the chiefs and they've gotten the benefit of the doubt because of that game for two years, uh, going into this season, obviously through all of last season, they've gotten the benefit of the doubt that Cincinnati should have gotten even when they were struggling this year, the bills are five and four and people are still going to say that they're a top five team tomorrow. And Josh Allen's the MVP. Why? Cause he's the number one fantasy quarterback. Suck my ass. I'm tired of it. This team is so average. They are so average. It hurts me. It doesn't hurt me. I laugh my ass off. I piss myself watching this team be average. And then people talk about all of their net ratings or whatever. But yes, Nick, the Bills, like that's this is uh, tonight's uh, the glowing example of the, the discourse around the Bills, why I hate it, is because they are playing the team that should get the benefit of the doubt and the credit that the Bills get. But it's flipped, and it makes no sense to me. And as of tonight, the Bills are no longer a playoff team. They have fallen to number nine in the AFC standings. And they're who would have thunk it before the season? Nobody on planet Earth would have said the Bills are going to miss the playoffs. Am I right? Not a soul. Who? Never. Who? Joe Mama's who? Damn right, I did. You were so shocked when I did that too. I was like, "They're not making the playoffs." You're like, "Whoa!" And then I was like, "Well, 
Yeah, you make some valid point. Okay, yeah, I, I can get I behind did. that. I did, and then I even retracted it when the because I the basis of it was back behind the Jets making it, and then Aaron Rodgers got hurt a minute into the season. You know what I can't wait for? They still might miss the playoffs. What we you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Dolphins here in a little bit. Yeah, in about the a Dolphins, minute. The Dolphins are now zero and three against winning teams, right? That they are. Well. Very soon, that could be 0-2 as the Bills fall to a non-winning team. <laughs> yeah, but the Bills play, I think, a pretty bad team next week. Yeah, the no. The Bills yeah. will win by 50, and everyone's going to be like, Dude, the Bills are the best team in the league. Oh, they play the Broncos at home. Yeah, they'll win by a 1,000. And then... Unless and then they Tuesday, like Chiefs last week. And then they... Yeah, shit. And then the Tuesday morning takes are going to be like, Look at the Bills! 35-10 to 10 win! We are back! And how the the takes the the question like the the bottom lines on take shows on on uh, Tuesday next week are gonna be like are gonna be like do you believe the Bills can win the AFC? And it's like if the season ended today, they'd be eighth in the AFC playoff standings. <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing? Oh God, I love it. Do you believe? Yep, ex- exactly. <laughs> That'll be tomorrow. That remember this. Remember this conversation. That will be next week after they beat the Broncos by a thousand because the Broncos are a disaster uh, in Buffalo, and that'll be their get right game. And then everyone will lose their minds, like, "Oh, they're so good!" Oh, Jesus! I, but- I am one. I am here for the alternate universe where the Broncos win their fourth. <laughs> I will be on here and I will be an asshole. (laughs) I will be a dick. I will be insufferable. Oh my God. I wish I lived in New York so people could hear me more. Um, Also NFL flex out of that Vikings Broncos game in two weeks. I don't know. I think the world should see more Josh Dobbs. Honestly, you might be right. Uh, (laughs) I guess they do have a pretty bad one. I think here coming up and that they need to flex. Raider uh, Raiders next week. They didn't flex out of it. They didn't flex out of it. Chiefs Raiders uh, Jets. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had sauce Gardner's picture up there. I think the Chiefs Packers game gets on December 3rd gets flexed. Because they wouldn't do Eagles Cowboys. Week 15 is Ravens Jags. Oh, that'll be good. We got a string of good ones. And then week 17. Ravens Dolphins are in there somewhere, right? No, I I think we might play on a Monday or a Thursday, but I don't think we we don't play another Sunday nighter. But that's like uh, week 17, I think. Is that the week 17 game? Ravens Dolphins. Yeah, we play on a Sunday. I thought I saw that was. We play um, Sunday afternoon. Okay, I thought I saw that. That could be, yeah, that could be the game that gets flexed because that's Packers Vikings. The Packers might be four and twelve at that point. All right, moving on to the Dolphins game. Um, I what's the all right? Defense played good today. Tua was bad. Bad start. They got into a rhythm to a degree. They started running the ball. Tyreek played his worst game as a Dolphin. Had a couple drops. The Chiefs' defense is awesome. Trent McDuffie is a, is really good. Our old line played pretty well, even though we got st- the sacks at the end. They brought blitzes and we didn't pick them up. 
And Tua kind of shit the bed. Um, I was just bummed because, again, we talked about this after the Eagles game. I would just like to see them win one of these. That's where I'm at. I understand it's hard to win in the NFL, and you look at, like, the Vikings last year, and, like, that would be funny. Like, I remember this being a, being a fan of Los Redactoles. Um, you like that? Uh, they, they had the Mitch Trubisky season where they went 12 and four, right? Won the division and then lost because of the dreaded double doink. Um, like that was fun as hell. I thought they could actually be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And granted that year they beat, they almost beat new England. They played the Rams at home and beat the piss out of them. Uh, so like that team, it felt like had the juice, this Dolphins team ha- feels like at times they have the juice, and then other times, you know, they got boat raced by the Bills. They had their moments against Philadelphia and against the Chiefs. But my biggest thing, Nick, is two times the last – the Bills game, take that out, because I've even said, like, that is the – out. it seems like that's the outlier Bills game just from a performance standpoint. Because also, too, as I keep saying, their season was on the line. Two and two – if they would have lost that game, they would have been two and two and two games back of the Dolphins, and that would have just been a disaster for them. So that was must win. But the look at the Eagles and the Chiefs games, it's a lot of p- bad, bad penalties and not like bad calls. Now, listen, the Eagles game, there was some stuff that was utterly drastically embarrassing from a league perspective. And I know today people are going to probably look at the penalty total, even though I don't exactly know what it was. I thought the game overall was pretty well officiated. Um, I got tired of watching Mahomes penalty grift like Luka Doncic. Yeah, that was like, come on. I I love Mahomes to death. I never noticed that before. It was today. bad. It felt bad today too. Yeah, for me. I, DJ must have just been mad at me. Thought I was being sassy, but I even texted him being like. When did Mahomes become a, a penalty grifter like Luka Doncic? <laughs> like, that was bad today. Um, well, after the the one the one play where he gets hit right going out of bounds by Van Ginkle, and I, I hated how the booth was cheerleading for the flag for the next 15 minutes. Like, well, that's a flag, but it wasn't a flag when they hit Mahomes going out of bounds. I'm like, that was officiated correctly. His, his foot wasn't even hardly out of bounds yet. You're and, uh, given, like, that first step. I think and he was committed before you went out of bounds. So it's like, quit, quit bringing it up. It's not like he was six steps out of bounds and uh, out of bounds. and They didn't throw the flag that that drove me nuts, too. That was a little annoying. And I actually like the NFL crew. Like, I like Rich Eisen. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I love Orlovsky. McCourty's okay. McCourty's okay. Um, And I think Sterator was the ref up there. And he was even like, and I know the ref's job is to, the ref, like, it's a one out of ten at best that they're going to disagree with the ref's call on the field. But even he was like, yeah, I mean, he wasn't out of bounds. He's going for the first down. He basically said the last thing you want to do for the defender is allow him to is get okey-doked there, and he picks up the first. I was waiting for the call. But they didn't get it. And I didn't I thought the game was well officiated. So like I don't I have no problems. But the Dolphins, the penalties that they committed, they were like pre-stat penalties, a couple holding flags. Like it's just that anytime they would get ahead of the chains and get into second and short, which is the they they when the Dolphins are at their best, you know this, I know this, they dominate on first down. 
And then they get into second and short, and they pick that they they're able to run the ball or hit quick shots to get first downs. This team does not live in third down much. Technically, they're third down this year. Third down on third downs, they're not that good. But a lot of that is because they they can they don't get to third down. This team is a first down machine, and even if they would have first down success today, they would get backed up immediately with penalties. And it was just that it was a case again, kind of like the Eagles game. Now, the Eagles game was way more they just couldn't block. Today, they got Armstead and Williams back. Holy shit. Even without Robert Hunt at left guard, um, holy shit, what a difference it makes to have your two best alignment playing <laughs> in Armstead and Williams. Both of them looked really good. And the offensive line, I thought, looked well. I know at the end, they gave up some sacks. The, the Chiefs blitz, we did a bad job of picking it up. But that was my biggest takeaway, man, was – I'm so bummed out because, again, it's like, God, I, I want to see us win one of these. But, again, too, the reason we lost, just kind of like the Eagles game, was we just beat ourselves with too much dumb shit. Yeah, I know the narrative will be against a good team, chalk up an L for Miami, which, I mean, until you prove otherwise, isn't wrong. But I continue to look at the three losses – you go back to the Buffalo game. We've dwelled on that. I won't dwell on it a whole lot, but that was a that was going to be a track meet. That was a foot race, fourteen fourteen. I mean that 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 could have been neck and neck the whole way, and then a fumble, and then like then that what we saw today. Some of the mistakes. It was like dominoes in the Bills game. One mistake, then another mistake, then another mistake, and all of a sudden you're outscored forty eight to twenty or whatever. So that's the Bills game. Exactly. You go to the Eagles game, you are you tie it at what 17 all, and then the Eagles score 14 unanswered to win the game. But and there you're are driving, some... you're you're down seven and driving, and you basically have this weird thing where you run a wheel, but also the waddle runs the wrong route and allows Slay to come pick the ball off, and then the Eagles just go melt your face off, steal your soul, just pulverize you into the earth's core eight minute drive to ice the game. <laughs> yeah. So again, they're in that game till the fourth quarter. A few things don't go your way. Things kind of domino, whatever they played great, or at least played. Okay. I thought they played at least decently, you know, they played decent football, giving yourself a chance to win late. Unfortunately, they made mistakes. So mistakes, they got to clean those up today. They, made every mistake in the book in that first half first drive of the game it looks like kansas city's going to put up 60 on you oh defense clamps down from that point on great great today you're down 14 nothing you've got the ball back with under two and a half minutes to go and your offense finally starts to click they their safety or their cornerback i can't remember is it sneed is he a cornerback sneed are you talking about or the scoop uh yeah but but i'm talking about the guy the sneed who got injured the play before that oh yeah sneed sneed went down corner or a safety i don't know sneed's a corner he's their top corner mcduffie's like their nickel okay so sneed gets hurt he's not on the field for this play they do the screen pass to tyreek gets it stripped away fumbled lateral touchdown which was hilarious. My my thoughts on that play is one, the backbreaker. You have Killer. a chance to go into halftime down 14-7. Instead, you're down 21-0. Yeah. 
at worst 14 three yeah huge difference game changing play on that on that one um so you don't get it there but i'm thinking okay their top corner just came out of the game with injury when would be a good time to maybe take a shot down the field when you haven't had the chance to today see what you can do so obviously if that screen pass works we're not talking about it as being a a bad idea but i think looking back and obviously how that play turned out don't like you're you're moving the ball so well right now and then you throw a screen pass more than five yards behind the line of scrimmage and credit to mcduffie credit to mcduffie he blew it up and he's good man and DJ wanted us to tell you that they got him with the Tyreek pick. Congratulations. You guys I had, traded I him. had several I had several people on Facebook today that were Chiefs fans that were, you know, chiming in on that great first half for Kansas City. And I was just like, God, I so badly want to comment on this in two hours when you blow this game and Miami comes back and wins. Unfortunately, nice. unfortunately, that never happened. But the other thing on the Tyreek Hill play last thing on it i thought i don't know if he ever completely possessed it and then i'm like if he did forward progress is that was that not was that not close to forward progress being called or was that just me like being a blind homer and thinking Us a call? <laughs> i thought initially like eh, no nah, that 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 was the right call and i and like, honestly on the on the lateral play. on the lateral on the, on the return yeah. I wish more teams would do that because some do some try. Miami, it was clear that when they had him kind of wrapped up, they gave up on the play. They handed it off and there's like nobody left. And you've got, a, you've got a step or two advantage out of the blocks to get there. And then Ahmed almost got there, but God dang, that was a, that was a backbreaking play. Just, I feel like if they could have gone into halftime with points down 11 or seven, Obviously, the defense, they held Mahomes to one touchdown drive in the last 55 minutes of that game. And it was that 95 And you yard. didn't win. Yep. It, the defense was really That's good. so frustrating. Mahomes wasn't good. Neither quarterback was good. Tua was pretty bad. Mahomes wasn't good. Our D-line, I will say this, the Dolphins' D-line beat the shit out of the Chiefs' front. And that's the thing with the Dolphins defense where I have like optimism going forward in the season is that if they're they're if they are better on the lines of scrimmage and today offensively on the line of scrimmage, I thought they were better. They started to run the ball in the second half and they were just unable to they just didn't sustain it. Hopefully off the bye, they get a chain back, which that'll just allow them to have more options in the run game. Because it feels like either Mostert can't be an every down back or Mike doesn't want him to be. And those other options are just a billion. I know he is the smallest sample size. And his his rate of success is at an ungodly historic number that will not that will come back a little bit. But those secondary touches are much better going to Devon Achain other than Jeff Wilson or Sylvan Ahmed. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Um, and that's a difference because when they, you saw today at times when they were running the ball, 
They hit the edge, and when they hit the edge and there's lanes, hold on because it could go. And that will help open up. Like, think of the Dolphins and the Eagles game. What are both of those games? Or look at think of the Chiefs and the Eagles game. What do both of them games have in common? For the majority of the game, they could not run the ball. In the in the when the Dolphins started coming back, they started running the ball. So that alone is massive to this team. And I, that's just kind of that's where I'm at. Now you have the bye. You come back, Raiders, Dalt, Raiders, Jet, and then at the Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets, and then you end the year with those three games, tough games, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. I think eleven wins is where this team probably lands somewhere in that. I think they can go five and three the rest of the year. Um, Got to take when, care of business against the winnable teams like they've been doing, Raiders commanders titans and then hopefully like obviously we'd love a sweep of the jets but the i think jets that's on the team i think it's possible but i also think going one and one against the jets is probably the most likely outcome if i had to guess but yeah you can you can you, just don't don't be upset by the raiders commanders titans and if you give one up to the jets Hopefully, worst case scenario, you're four and one in the next five games. Don't go into those last three games needing to win two or all three of them to preserve your your footing in the playoffs or whatever. So big big week for the bye. Like you said, get a few of your pieces back on both sides. Defense was, I think, pretty pretty all all there today. Yeah. The only um, guys that left dead. that are back are A Chain and I think one more. It showed. Yeah, the I defense? Will be, yeah, on defense. It showed today. First first yeah. drive, I was worried, but whipped him into shape very quickly. D line was great. D line. On the other really side, good. I'm sure we'll I'm sure you were about to talk about this, but three field goals against Denver last week. Huh. You look like the Chiefs of old on the first drive today. On script, they were dominant. They went right. And they the did everything they wanted the to. Game, the offense struggled. At what point do we look at the Chiefs and say, "This is not the Chiefs' offense that we're used to"? I think we know that because their their receivers overall are so bad. Yes, and Kelsey was completely eliminated from the game today. I maybe his worst game ever. <laughs> in the last 10 years when he played the whole game. Miami I would limited him to under 10 yards. Only four targets. No, 14. Three for 14. So I don't I don't on four I didn't, targets. I didn't like I, I haven't seen a lot of the film to see what Miami was doing, but there are a lot of teams around the NFL today in this week watching that defensive footage on, on what they did to Travis Kelsey. You know, you know you how shut I him down and you kind of shut the de- the shut the rest of the offense down. When yeah. the defense for Kansas City, they're they are playing bomb.com football right now. The really offense, good. the offense leaves a little to be desired. And at what point do you start being worried about the Chiefs offense and their chances because of that? We said, I, mean, I, I feel like we have seen these cracks in the foundation all season long. We saw it week one receivers couldn't do shit against Detroit. They couldn't. It was drops in that game. Zach Wilson played a better football game than Patrick Mahomes when they faced off. 
Chiefs hung on to win, though. Mahomes was not great that night. No, he was good early, and then they started bullshitting, and the Jets got back in the game. True. But at, at some point, you gotta you gotta think, okay, like when is this offense gonna show up? There, you, for the last five years, if they had a bad day, you'd think, all right, next week they're back at it. They're gonna be back. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it yet. Should Chiefs fans and everybody be worried that this offense is broken? It was obviously last year. I think the offense was pretty good. That was enough. That was their first year without Tyreek. You know, I think they had the year, best in the league. They had the best offense in the league. They averaged yeah. thirty. So, enemy is gone. Now they got Matt Nagy back. Is 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 that the difference? Sometimes Nagy, or, or is it more just this group of receivers is even worse than they had last year? When it's yeah. a lot of the same guys, but a few Juju, Juju's gone. gone. You got he Rice, was, the, the rookie. He's he's coming along. Rice is good. Rice is like the bright spot in that receiving core. And they need him because they need an X. I've been saying this for years since you know they need a true. X. I even said that their last year they had Tyree Kill because they had Sammy Watkins and Sammy then kind of died. And I said like they need a true X receiver. They just don't have it. Maybe they continue to get Rasheed Rice into that role. Um, today showed like another example of like what happens when you can't get separation, when you can't take shots down the field, um, when you can't run the ball. Again, their running game is highly suspect. And Pacheco today was okay, but like nothing that makes you like want to roll out of bed and start doing jumping jacks. Um, and also their O-line, like they're weak at tackle. Um, and Taylor's been a good player for his career, but this year he's been pretty bad. And Donovan Smith is, you know, a walking holding penalty at left tackle. And that that that's just stuff that you could like today are the edge pressure, like the, the strip. Think of the strip sack. It was Bradley Chubb running a game and was able to get pressure, push them back. And they were able to Mahomes because of the edge pressure that was there from the game. Mahomes had to step up right into Bradley Chubb, who went because of the, the game up front, went from outside to inside. Mahomes stepped up because of the outside pressure uh, right into Bradley Chubb, who knocked it out, and then Sabre recovered it. So you just have those types of moments, and the receivers just aren't good enough to separate against good DBs. And guess what? Today, we finally had our defensive backfield out there healthy. What, what a fucking coincidence, right? We cover guys when our DBs are all out there. Nick, who would have thought? Oh, <laughs> be still my beating heart. Uh, yeah, man. Um, that was great to see. It was nice to see Xavier Howard look really good again for the first time in a while. Like, I, I understand that he's taken a bit of a step back, but like today he looked awesome. He was, holy Jesus, was 25 good. Um, that's what sucks about that's another thing that sucks today too, man, is that I know they like the first drive of the game, they got absolutely just depanced and that 95 yard drive was a bit was, you know, but the second half, man, they, there were multiple times I thought, shit, here they go. Chief, we won't get it back. Chiefs, this and this and part chiefs, dumb play calling part, our defensive execution, like kept us in the game. I'm not super worried that this is going to 
Like, do I think the Chiefs will figure it out to some degree? Kinda. But it also it also it is also a point of like you are who you are, right? So I don't know. Fine line, man. It's a fine line. Uh anything else on this one before we move on? But I will laugh uh, my blast point, their defense is top five. Hard for me to name five defensive units better than them. They're really, really good. It's the speed they have. Like, even today, they weren't able. Like, Chris Jones wasn't great. Had a dumbass penalty that led to us getting a touchdown. Um, They didn't create much pressure with our front four. They used their blitzes, which is what they do. But they're just so damn fast, bro. God damn. It'll be interesting. Two teams that are obviously still two of the top contenders in the AFC at this point in the season. Neither is where they want to be. They've got some things to work on. Yeah. We've got half the season to go. I agree. That is a great point. Jordan here saying, uh, this is a little bit ago. He said, uh, where is that? Here we go. He up the good work, gents. Feels like 3 a.m. 3 a.m. So I'm out. Just dropped in to say that the dominator is him and the Vikings should be top number eight in the Elite Eight. I don't know about that, partner, but uh, hey, man, shouts to the Vikings. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. All right, let's move on. If I had to put a get bet in, this was game of the day. What a weird-ass game. Eagles beat the Cowboys. I mean, <laughs> I, where do I begin? The fourth quarter in this game was just so crazy. You had the Cowboys getting stopped literally on a fourth down that probably should have been DPI, but because they didn't tap call it, the tight end caught the ball and was down literally a half inch shy of the goal line on their next drive. They do score and Dak steps out of bounds about a half foot short of the goal line. And then they have first and they start their final drive without timeouts and a minute, half a minute to go at their own 15. They end up with the ball with 20 seconds left on the six first and goal. They don't go anywhere. Um, the, that, the, 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 that game was bananas. The Eagles had like the luck box game of the century, but then they almost imploded and the Cowboys almost won. What were your takeaways from just an obscene game that had an obscene finish that I think if Dallas would have won, it would have left our heads spinning because of how implosion filled it would have been for the Eagles. Like Dallas had no business having that shot, even though they deserve. If you ask me, they maybe deserve to win it the way they played. They played in the fourth compared to Philadelphia. Um, But they come up about three and a half yards shy. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of this game. We were driving back home uh, and then supper and whatnot with the family. But I was able to catch bits and pieces. I was following stats on the phone in the car and stuff. And for a lot of that game, it looked like Philly might run away with it. Never, But Dallas, they hung around. You let a team hang around and they'll have a shot at the end, perhaps. And they did. Dak played great today. And then um, I, you, you might have to walk me through some of uh, 
some of the criticism that Mike McCarthy's getting. <laughs> I know because I know at the end, I, I did see the end where they've basically essentially got what first down and goal at the six yard line or first down and five, I think, at the six. Yeah, and then you end up you end up and have what third down as the clock is expiring from the 27. So down is irrelevant at this point. What uh what what did I miss Mike McCarthy doing? Because I, I I enjoyed some of the the chatter about that. So Okay, so the first Mike McCarthy blunder happened when a couple of them, well, first there was, okay, so they're down 28-23 with a minute 20 to go. They have fourth and eight from the Eagles, 29. Um, The first, the problem that people had with McCarthy is because Dak went to Jalen Tolbert um, on the fourth down. It was it was a cover zero blitz. It was man-to-man on the one receiver side, and he threw a stop up. Uh, a hitch route to Tolbert who was pretty covered and it was incomplete. People blame McCarthy saying, why would you even draw that up? Blah, blah, blah. Wooda, wooda. Turns out you go back and look, that was actually Dak's fault. He had Jake Ferguson on like a inside double move, little stick route. And if he just fucking sits there and, and like works to it, it's a touchdown because Ferguson comes off the line hits the linebacker with the little, <clears throat> and the linebacker loses his mind, and Ferguson's just ass naked open, and no one's there. Because, again, it's cover zero blitz. They bring the crib. But so people were, like, flipping their lid about McCarthy. Now, the McCarthy stuff at the end, they had, they had, they got a, it was first and ten, the Eagles jumped to make it first and five. Then there was a, de- a false start. Then there was a delay of game. So uh, in that little stretch. So it was just like moments of how Being in the world. And stuff. Yeah. How does that happen? You know, those types of situations. I did see that after Dak got sacked, they didn't spike it. They threw deep. I didn't know if maybe that was part of it too but i didn't hate it because the eagles didn't seem like they were set on defense they were expecting the spike and you might be able to sneak something in and i mean they almost did on the play to the end zone it it didn't work and it was incomplete but i didn't i personally didn't hate it because you weren't going to run the clock out anyway i didn't know if that was part of the discussion too or not yeah i don't know i i wish they would have understood because it felt like I was the only one, even talking on artists formerly known as Twitter about this. <coughs> Excuse me. Felt like I was the only person alive that understood that their right tackle, who's normally good, Terrence Steele, was a fucking revolving door. He, he was, was more, a, He was more of a, a saran wrap than steel today, is what you're saying? Kinda. He was yeah, a pylon. Yeah. Like Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick. My phone, this water bottle, Nick's recently born like eight, eight month, seven month. Ch- It'll be nine months this this week. Nine month old child. Like they were all getting past Terrence Steele today. And like, like, can we get some chip helps? Can we, can we widen him out a bit? What are we doing? So, <sighs> yeah, man, I is just some some moments there that were befuddling the Dallas does uh, 
weird ass game. Philadelphia. I sound bitter and I sound like a Cowboys fan, but I thought Dallas deserved to win. Philadelphia had some weird ass, lucky ass breaks of like. So it's 21 17. First drive for Dallas in the third. And they're driving and it's going to be a first down. It's third and three. They have Gallup over the middle on a shallow cross. Dak throws it. Gallup turns to him. It hits him right in the fucking chest, and he drops it. Uh, They have to punt instead of go for it, which I get it. But, you know, Philadelphia then comes right down the field, and they have another, you know, casual 11 play, six and a half minute drive. And they score. Um, Where would this one? Yeah, okay. That was the first kind of like LOL hilarious play. Uh, Then it's first and goal from the seven. There was, oh, was that this drive? Hold on. I'm trying to. Oh, yeah, that illegal formation penalty was a different drive. So they get to the fourth down and goal from the one. He throws it to Schoonmaker, who basically gets tackled before the ball gets there. But he catches it. But because he got tackled before the ball got there, he can, when he catches it, he's down. And he's literally like this shy of the touch of the goal line. And the Eagles didn't start the drive from just outside the goal line. Eagles go three and out. Then Dallas comes down the field and scores on a five-play drive to make it 28-23. Dak on the two-pointer, rolls around, buys some time, burns everyone around the edge, but steps out of bounds while extending the ball, again, about this far away from the goal line. And then the kind of craziness at the end. Oh, also, too, on the last Eagles drive, it was third down and like eight. And they ran a motion with Brown. They snapped it early. So when Hertz hands it to Swift, he runs into A.J. Brown. He loses the ball. Micah Parsons is there. It's in his hands. And it and he doesn't recover it. And that would have set up with a minute, like a minute 10 left. It would, or it would have been a minute 20 left. That would have made it, uh, or no, that would have been just under a minute to go. It would have been first down at the 20 with a minute left if Parsons would have recovered that with a chance to win, but he didn't. And, uh, yeah, they Eagles somehow navigated through. Um, oddly enough, after all of that, I'm not bought in on the Cowboys again because how could you be after the one time I did, they lost by a 1,000 to the Niners. But they showed me like they they showed me something today. I thought they I thought they were the better team outside of like a stretch of action in the third quarter where they just got really unlucky. And again, that I that might be me sounding bitter, but that's what I felt. Um I can confidently say that thing that while also confidently saying the Eagles are the third best team in the league, in my opinion, right now. Maybe the second. One thing with the Eagles, they definitely like you make your own luck. I'm not going to say they're lucky because they're lucky. 
But you make your own luck, and the the, the Eagles have been very fortunate at, at times this season. Just the way games have played out, like like today, with at the end of that game, Dallas first and goal essentially at the six four downs to maybe get a touchdown, and you're you've only got a five point lead. Just cross the goal line, and you lose. And they kind of let the Cowboys self-destruct a little bit. Dolphins game, you know, 10 to nothing in the penalties category. Just, they're really good. Don't get me wrong. But the Eagles, they, uh, they're they good, but I feel like they, they, they're maybe not quite as good. There, there seem to be a few little holes that, could creep up later in the season if they don't have a lucky break go their way here or there. When they want to be their fucking, it, it feels like you can't stop them. Yeah, I would agree. And it, it's not the, it's not like, so the, the highest form of ass kickery this season, I think is like Baltimore and Miami. Where it's like, oh, you have like when the Dolphins are on their A game this year, it's been like, oh, you have no shot because you can't hang with their firepower. And with Baltimore, when they're at their A game, it's like, oh, we can't hang with them because of their everything. <laughs> um, uh, and for the Eagles, it's not like a hit you all at once type of thing. It's this slow, methodical. We're gonna have one. We're gonna tie you to a tree. And one person is going to come up and hit you really hard one time. And over and over, we're going to continue to have one different person hit you one time for an hour and a half. And by the end of that hour and a half, it's going to start off of like, oh, this is a bit annoying, I, but I can hang on, handle this. After 90 minutes, you're going to be tapping out <laughs> and you're going to be bloody. And that's what the Eagles do. They just put you in the ultimate blender. Because that's what it felt like. It was 17-14 at half, and the Cowboys were driving, and down 21-17, and it's like, oh, they're going to stay in this game, and it's going to be a shootout. And Gallup had that drop, and then the Eagles went right down the field and scored, never going backwards, always one small step at a time. And they can't, like, this isn't in a... This is not a, the, the Eagles can't hit explosive plays thing because they can, because Jalen Hurts hit a deep ball to Devontae Smith. Nick, let me tell you that throw, filthy, X-rated, like outside, off hash, corner of the end zone. There's literally no space between the sideline and where Smith is to where he's got to put the ball. The corner is literally... Where Smith is wearing the corner like a trench coat, and Hertz literally puts it in the bucket. I stood up off my couch. I was like, that's a thing. That was dirty. But they don't have to do that. They can, which makes them that much more dominant. But they don't have to do that because they're so good on the offensive line and so good on the defensive line that they just they just mash you. Um but it was fun to see Dallas kind of punch back. And Dak was great today. So I felt bad that they didn't win because I thought he deserved it. Because I thought Dak played his ass off. Definitely feel better about the Cowboys today. I thought the Eagles could run away with that one. 
make it look ugly. And if they did, I'd be like, all right, yeah, the Cowboys, they got a lot of work to do. The Eagles, they're legit. But, yeah, the Cowboys, they, they, they're they keeping the door open on that division. They still have to play again. Maybe a little drama late in the season if uh, if if these two teams can keep up on their current trajectories. What a day and, for uh, C.D. Lamb and Jake Ferguson, though. They were good. They And here's the thing. The last two weeks, they are using more creative ways to get C.D. Lamb the ball. They're lining him up everywhere. Ferguson's becoming a real big part of the offense. Um, so, yeah. And here's the thing with the Chiefs. They're, or the, the Eagles. They're scheduled to end the season, man. At least for the next six weeks. Five weeks now. Hot doggy. Fun. Because we're going to find out what they're made of. Um, God, dude. I cannot wait for that Eagles-Chiefs game in two weeks. Holy piss. You had the right score last year. What do you think the score would be? I don't know. Ask me again in two weeks, man. That game's <laughs> going to be so good. Oh, my God. That and Ravens, Bengals. Th- I might tell my girlfriend I can't hang out that Thursday. I'm going to be like, honey, I'm busy. I have to watch. I can't miss Ravens, Bengals, bro. Not when the Bengals are on fire. You know, man. And they play the Raiders or they play the play some shitty team next week. So they'll win that game. Oh, oh, no, never mind. They don't play a shitty team. They play the Texans. But even still, if they win, I, you know, five in a row going to Baltimore, I can't not miss. I can't not watch that game. So, yeah, man. Whew, that'll be fun. All right. Lastly of our big four, number one in your programs, number one in your hearts, number one in the league. The Baltimore Ravens are the are, are the asteroid to the NFL's prehistoric times, they have carved through the NFL for the last, like, month and a half. They have some weird results. Uh, Their two losses are losses where you... It's typical Ravens. You go back and look, and it's the, why on earth did you lose that game? The Colts game with Gardner Minshew at home, the bad weather, but still they had a million chances and lost. The Steelers game in Pittsburgh, the game where they had 5,000 drops. Um, That's a legit number, by the way. But, I mean, since that Steelers game, 24-16 over Tennessee, where they just looked like the better team all game. Then they come back beat the brakes off Detroit. They go to Arizona and win. And then today at home against Seattle, another absolute domination, 37 to three against the Seahawks. What can't they do right now? I'm so impressed by this team. Other years when the Ravens have been good, you you, you could always kind of just dig out the old cliche. Well, yeah, Lamar, he's a good runner, but he is he's not a passer. This season, I think for the first time, passing is clicking better than it ever has. Went 21 of 26 today. Yardage-wise, nothing crazy, but he's throwing with accuracy. He's he was a guy that even during his MVP season, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm not going to be 100 percent accurate, but he wasn't known as the most accurate passer in the world. Then I think he's playing at a higher level than he was his MVP season. 
And the Agreed. team around him is just incredible right now. Their defense is playing Baltimore Ravens-style defense. They cannot be stopped running the football. I'm looking at their numbers today. Keaton Mitchell, who the hell has heard of Keaton Mitchell? I was he, just about to say. He and Gus Edwards combined for 14 carries, over 10 yards per carry, three touchdowns, and 190 yards rushing. You throw Lamar Jackson's 60 yards rushing on top. They were just two yards shy of 300 yards on the ground today. Nobody has an answer for this rushing attack right now. And if you hone in on the rush, they're starting to put it together in the passing game. Lamar today played well. He didn't have to throw it a whole lot with how 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 much they were whooping up on the Seahawks and everything, but he still went 21 of 26. They could kind of dink and dunk around because they weren't in a gun, you know, they weren't in a gun show. They weren't they didn't have to sling it in a in a shootout, anything like that. It was just run the football, take care of business, get get your, you know, get in, get out, go home. Um, but Mark Andrews, after a slow start to the season, he's starting to have some big weeks. Odell Beckham probably had his best day as a Raven today. First touchdown I, of the year. I expect that to uh boost his ego. I mean, confidence, uh, you know to be be a big part of that offense going forward but um nine different guys caught passes today eight or nine so he's spreading the ball out not relying on one guy he's throwing accurate footballs he's still running well um yeah the ravens after watching miami and kansas city today i think it's clear to me baltimore is the easy top the best team in the afc right now the best right the because right now you could say kansas city's defense is really really good but their offense i'm not sold on it right now miami on a really really good day that offense is really 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 good but they are an offense that we saw a lot last year and we've seen some this year they are an offense that you are able to shut down in certain ways in certain you know certain games but the Ravens, the way they're playing right now, both sides of the football, nobody's stopping them. Mm-hmm. And they're not beating, they're not, you know, they're not beating the Cardinals and, you know, the, the Panthers. They're beating teams that are in the playoff hunt. They're, they beat the Browns. They whooped up on them at the beginning of October. They, they whooped up on the Lions, who are, you know, the NFC darlings this year. Seahawks are an NFC division leader going into today. Mm-hmm. Absolute whooping on them. So just think about that. Two of the four NFC division leaders got beat 75 to 9. I was the doing the math. <laughs> I was doing the math. You said it. That was the thing. Two of their last three wins, their last two home games, they faced... Uh, who in my last Elite Eight, I have the second highest NFC team in the Detroit Lions. And then the Seahawks, who are the top team outside of the Elite Eight coming into this week, in my opinion. Coming into tonight, today, they were leading the NFC West. And in those two games, the Ravens played them on their home turf. They won by a combined 75-9. to 
Now, Lamar looked like the, the best player alive MVP against the Lions. Today was a little different. It was the running back thing. And you mentioned Keaton Mitchell. How about this kid? They kind of rolled out of bed and found their version of Devon A-Chain. Um, insanely fast rookie out of East Carolina. I was looking some stuff up today, and they were talking about how he tracked faster than Jameer Gibbs and Devon A-Chain in college. So this kid could be a weapon for them just to add to their run game with Gus Edwards and Hill and obviously Lamar. And Lamar wasn't a great thrower today. Like, he was efficient. Like, that's a thing. 21 to 26 for a buck 87. Like, that was a good day for him, really good. Um, efficient is all hell, and that's just what he is. And the Ravens right now, and their defense, people at the beginning of the year were like, I think the Ravens defense will take a step back. What the fuck were you smoking when people said that? I never understood that take. I understand they had injury injuries, but this defense right now is playing at a redonkulously high level. <laughs> I, I know I just said redonkulous, but that's how crazy this is. They're holding the run. Like they held the Seahawks who have ran the ball well lately to 1.9 yards per carry today. I would love to have the success rate stuff in front of me, but I don't know where to go look for that stuff. I need to start nerding out a little bit more for these. They, they dominated. They, they gave Gino one of his worst games of the year. It was um, Lockett and Lockett and Metcalf four combined catches on 12 targets. Like, just absolute thorough domination, man. I, I can't say enough about the Ravens. And like I like if said it a couple weeks ago, I'll set it again. Ravens are my number one right now. If I had an MVP vote, it would be Baltimore. If I had a Super Bowl pick, it would still be the Bengals because I picked them at the beginning of the year. But if I had to, if I couldn't pick the Bengals, I would pick the pick the Ravens. Let's play a game of this versus. This. Oh, let's see if I can do this right. Let's see. Going down yeah. and going. Up. Uh, my, my camera's backwards. I can't figure out what I'm doing here. A vote up or going <laughs> down. I can't. I can't do it with two hands. I'll do it one at a time. Going up or going down. Several weeks ago, we we were looking at MVP odds. I think Lamar Jackson was like sixth or seventh at plus seven hundred. He's up to number three. Oh, we do this every week. Like, who's the Top voters and stuff. Can I guess Mahomes? who number one is this week? Oh, oh. Did you just say is it? Mahomes? It was yeah. It's Mahomes, and I. I don't know if he should be. No, I. I. That is not a plus two forty bet that I'd be making right now. Is second Jalen still? He is at plus three twenty. It's a good. Um. Honestly, right. I would. I would like. I would take Jalen over Mahomes right now. Um. But Lamar at third at plus five hundred. But here's. Here's the the down the down part of the thing I couldn't figure out figure with my hands in the microwave uh, my, Where, microphone. Where's the stonks memes? Stonks down to ninth at plus thirty four hundred. He has fallen from grace. No longer his plus I think six hundred. It was old Brock Purdy. <laughs> We're still talking about him for six seconds. We are. <laughs> You're just an Amos Homer, Nick. I just wanted to point out that his MVP odds have tanked and oh. deservedly so. Well, they're going to keep tanking next week when they lose to the Jags. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Did I spoil that I'm taking the Jags plus three next week on the on the 
Sinister six. Maybe, but there you go. Joe Ooh. Burrow's fifth plus 900. Get your MVP odds in now, boy. That, that's you honestly. Want him, you want him to be your MVP. Because there's a world that exists that we're like, if they just go on another insane run like last year and nobody else has, and it kind of stays like to get to where to, to the playoffs, even if they're not the one seed, but they finish like 13 and four or 12 and five and he goes off, but, and nobody around him is like taking the award. Burrow is MVP odd. Like he, his case will be very good. Like we were ass until I got better. I was better. We've been dominant. I'm the most valuable player. Like that'll be his case. And it will be kind of a like, yeah, you're not wrong. Right. Like, is that the, is that the, the navigational stream for the, that's the navigational points for Burrow's MVP, right? Say it again. I was, I was reading something. Oh, the I was saying part. just the last part. I was saying that's the, the that's like the bullet point navigation, like on the GPS for Burroughs MVP, right? Oh yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. Get to the end of the year, they're like twelve and five. It's like I sucked. We weren't good. I've been awesome. We're twelve and five. And they're like, and four. oh yeah, he sucked because he was he was playing hurt, and then he when he wasn't hurt, he was a stud. Exactly. Um. All right. Best of the rest. Who would have thought that maybe the two games that may, maybe not the best, maybe not the most well played, but the games, Nick, that made us feel the most. Look at me when I say this. We felt the most. Here we go. Here we go. We got stonks going up, baby. Stonks. We've got Joshua Dobbs and CJ Stroud. Oh. I was. Ecstatic. Did I read your mind? Did I read your mind? You did. <laughs> Josh Dobbs and CJ Stroud both trailed. Let's. CJ Stroud got the ball down four with two timeouts and 40 seconds remaining. And no penalties, right? None. Like, not, not zero. Like, not like Dak in the, the pass yeah. interference. Yeah. Um, and, and Josh Dobbs, who people who have, who are just joining us and haven't listened, um, you know, we're under a rock probably like, wait a minute, the Cardinals didn't play today. And then it's like, he's not on the Cardinals anymore, bud. Josh Dobbs got the ball with two Oh eight to go down or no. Yeah. Two Oh eight to go. Down three, down my bad, down four on the road, and he's been in the locker room for like 72 hours. Both of them won. I'm honestly not sure what's more improbable. And as we'll get to CJ in a moment, because what he's doing is I can't even describe it at this point. But I do want to, I do know the answer to the question I just threw out. What Josh Dobbs did today, it's on, I mean, the Baker stuff last year is on the same level, and you're still mad about that game with the Rams. This might even be better because Baker just had one drive. Dobbs wasn't supposed to play. Dobbs came in because the quarterback that played Hall 
tried to truck an Atlanta player for a touchdown and he got his face knocked off and he came that out is, of the game. That was it's, the most impressive thing for me. He was not the starter today. And he wasn't going to play. He's been there for two days. Just unreal. They were talking about how he didn't know players' names yet. He's like, that's for next week. (laughs) And there's no way you know the playbook. There's no way you know everything you need to know to be a successful quarterback when you were traded to a team this week and you were going to be the backup quarterback. I think the plan was probably be to work him into the starter role maybe next week or something like that, but not today. Yeah, unless comes out, Dude comes out, balls his ass off. He's so good. Just just unbelievable. And you know what? Vikings fans deserve a lot of the crap they get for for loving a team that can never win at all. It's not their fault. Oh, I know. But (laughs) they're not loud and boisterous. They're just kind of there. Unless you're a Packer fan, and and I'm married to a Packer fan and I'm married into a Packer family. So I hear all the stuff they hate about the Vikings. Okay. So maybe that's where this is coming from. Maybe. But After the disastrous start to the season they had, they finally start cooking a little bit with Kirk. They get back to 500. In the playoffs, as of right now, and then Kirk gets hurt. I'm so, so sad about it. And then Josh Dobbs comes in today and does what he did. Like, we have talked more about Josh Dobbs this season than I think we ever anticipated. And that's even before today. We talked about how well he had played for Arizona in a few of their games. Because uh, they beat, I think it, they beat the Cowboys. They beat Dallas. And then they kept it close with several others. They, they I think week one, they should have won a game, but they, they blew a big lead or something. So he's had really good moments. And it was... Really neat to see it pay off for him today in a big way. Now, is that anything that'll be sustainable next week? We'll see. They didn't have any, obviously, that nobody had film on what he would do in a Vikings offense. Uh, so you don't know what to prepare for. You have what he would have had in Arizona, but you weren't expecting to see him. So sometimes when a guy comes in like that, defenses aren't ready for it. They can kind of snicker you with some things, but. At that point, I don't even know if Josh Dobbs knew what he was capable of <laughs> in Minnesota offense. People were joking that he was like, he didn't know the playbook, so he was just doing like sandlot plays in the sand, you know? <laughs> just like, hey, you go this way, you go this way, and we'll 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 make it work. So from what I heard it's incredible. is just incredible. It's incredible. What I heard was yesterday or Friday night, maybe he 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 worked with O'Connell, the coach, like a couple hours after practice just to work on the game plan for this week. So we knew that and mate, who knows what the, the Vikings plan, who knows what it was going to be. You have a fifth rounder from BYU and Jaron Hall who played today and played well. He was Started five to six yeah. for 78 yards and was moving the ball. Then gets hurt. Um, and I feel bad for him. He got his fucking, he got knocked out and then Dobbs comes in and plays great. And, scrambled picked up some huge first downs with his legs and a touchdown run listen man i don't know what this vikings team is gonna be i'm glad they could listen if the vikings would have sold and just kind of punted on the year after 
the Kirk injury. Even I, huh? Or even at zero and three. At zero and three, yes, at zero and three, because I can understand it. Because here's the thing. I know it would have been tough to sell the rookie quarterback to like older guys like Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson. But if you were able to be bad enough to where you were going to have a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, if you got one of those top two picks to come, which it looked like the Vikings were going to be after the first few weeks, if you were going to be able to get that to come in with this skill set on offense, with this head coach, who's pretty good in my opinion, like that would have been massive. But then they start to play well. And it's not that they played bad early in the season. They had a bad bunch of turnovers and the, the insane one score game thing regressed to the mean. If they were just able to continue to play at a good pace that they were playing at, and they were able to get some wins, which they were Kirk was Kirk cousins was playing like an all pro. And then he got hurt. I am happy that they went out and got Dobbs because a playoff berth is there. And even though cousins, isn't going to be back most likely next season, I don't know what you do when you get to that point, but there is a potential where even if you kind of duct tape it together, and I thought they did a good job. I thought they were going to go out and get Jameis Winston. That's who people were starting to kind of put them towards. Going and getting Dobbs is just as good, in my opinion, because you have Addison, you have Hawkinson, you have Justin Jefferson coming off IR after the bye week. And they're five and four, and in the in the final spot in the wild card. The seventh seed in the NFC is a hodgepodge of puke emojis. They absolutely could get in. Eighth is Washington. Ninth is Atlanta. Tenth is the Bucks at three and five. Like the Vikings, if I had to bet on it, I'd bet them to get in. So, like, I'm glad that they they went out to do that and get him, and I'm glad that today paid off. That was, I mean, awesome. It was just awesome to see. And it happened at the same time that C.J. Stroud just ripped off the jacket and pulled out the Superman cape. I mean, it goes, what C.J. Stroud did today goes down as the best game a rookie quarterback has ever played. He scored 39 points on a Todd Bowles defense. They won that game without a kicker. There was a point in that game where they were tied and they had a running back kick a field goal because Kaimi Verbaren got hurt. And he nailed the field goal, by the way. So good on him. Good on him, man. Yeah. Uh, Dude, C.J. Stroud is such the real... effing deal (laughs) these numbers are silly he's played eight games 30 for 42 for 470 yards and five touchdowns nick in a league where week after week we are just sitting here looking at dog shit quarterback play and bad offenses this dude has rolled out of bed and he's already one of the eight best quarterbacks alive is that overreacting? I, I don't think so. He's incredible. If it's not accurate now, it's he's working in that general direction. He's balling. 
I don't think there would have been a whole lot of pushback if you would have said that he's having or he's the best rookie quarterback this year before today. Now you get the performance and you're like, dude, might like he is number 15 now in the MVP odds as a rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans. He should be higher. (laughs) 130 to one right now. Get in early, boys. They're four and four. What's his minus odds to an offensive rookie of the year? Let's like take a minus twenty five hundred. He could not play another snap, and he'd win offensive rookie of the year. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing that one. I'll have to do some more digging. They. I mean, dude, talk about. Or and this is a case too. I just thought of this thing. This is two cases in the Vikings and the Texans in organizations being aggressive, right? Vikings are trying to make the playoffs. They're aggressive to go get Josh Dobbs. The Texans, by hook or crook, are aggressive and they say we want to go solve issues now. They they trade. They draft C.J. Stroud at two. They trade next year's top pick to move up to three to get Will Anderson. Everyone and their dad, including me, says this is a dumb move. Well, you know who's dumb? Me. And everyone who said that they were that they were wrong. Because going out and getting the best quarterback and best edge in the draft, yeah, maybe not a bad thing. Who am I? I'm a dumbass for saying, like, I should have known better. Like, go out and get good players, and they acquired both of them. They acquired the best offensive and best defensive rookie in the draft. Uh, so, yeah, I'm the dumbass for thinking that wouldn't work. And, yeah, they're not going to have their pick next year. Who knows where it's going to be? This team is clearly heading in the right direction. And if they can just – and they're so well coached. D'Amico is already one of the ten best coaches in the league. Bobby Slowick, who's their offensive coordinator, please, redacteds if you're watching – understand you need to hire that man as your next head coach anywho um at oc he's been sensational they're just so well buttoned up like considering where this franchise was even a year ago to where they're at now what nick casario did with what D'Amico did and all of these guys from top to bottom have pushed in the right direction they have pushed their chips to the middle of development and saying, here we are, we are building now. Yeah, man, that is organizational, like faith and trust in yourself. And the Texans deserve every gold star in the book for how they handled the CJ Stroud situation with that draft, getting him and Anderson. And they have killers with that, especially with that guy. He is, he is awesome. I can't, I cannot, I don't have the words to describe how good he is. What he's doing, like, I never could have imagined this. You ready for a bad beat story? <laughs> yep. Uh, you and you and a lot of America Today, partner. So my buddy, he sends us a, a, a picture of his four-leg parlay. It's roughly 15 to 1 of just four outcomes of games today, including... Minus two and a half for the Texans. And he sends it to us and he says something along the lines of, is there anything in here 
that I should hedge right now because when he sent it maybe early in the fourth quarter, all four legs were looking really, really good. I think the Texans were up seven on the Bucks, and then his other legs were all doing pretty well. He did a, he did actually take the Bucks plus two and a half as a hedge of a, a, a little hedge, so he'd at least profit on either side. But he needs two and a half. The Bucks go down, down three, and they go down the field and take the lead with you know a minute left up by four. So he's like, all right, I'm screwed. But then CJ, the J stands for Jesus, drives cool them down the field. <laughs> cool, cool is Jesus. His, no, his <laughs> name, his name is Cool Ridge. That's yes. a, that's the C. I did see that today. Cool Ridge Jesus Stroud. <laughs> I said in my group chat, I said, Cool Ridge, whatever the J stands for, Stroud. He marches him down the field, and we already know their kicker is out, and they had a, a running back kick a 29-yard field goal earlier in the game, shorter than an extra point. So they go down the field. They get, they get the hard part. They get the touchdown. And in the group chat, I'm I'm celebrating for him. I'm like, oh, you're getting a CJ Stroud jersey. And then they come out and take a knee on the extra point because they don't want to risk botching the kick and get it returned for a two points the other way. It was a smart move. It was the right play, especially with only you attempt you attempt the kick or you go for two if there's like 20 seconds left. But with only like six seconds left, where the only thing that can happen is disaster yes. just sit on it i agree but he would have at least liked them to try to go for two just run it up the middle and hope for the best i get it so yes he lost his i don't know i think it was a three it would have been a 300 win because the texans marched down the field with under a minute to go at their rookie quarterback throwing for six thousand yards and 84 <laughs> touchdowns today but they don't have good. a kicker. They don't have a kicker, so they take a knee on the extra point and they win by two instead of three or four, and he does not win. Sad day, sad day for my buddy Eric. <sighs> Rest in peace, Eric. That is bad beats university. Oh my god. Other notable performances today. Browns look good. Twenty-seven nothing win. Shout out to the Raiders. Did you hear this Raiders story? What Raiders story are you telling? The one that Jay Glazer came out with today. I don't believe. Oh, is it something about how they were bat like a meeting with Josh that was not going well or something? Or yeah, so apparently they had a team meeting, and it was like let's air out our frustrations, and they just all ripped Josh and Alec Pierce or not Alec Pierce, uh, Antonio Pierce is there to speak on Josh's behalf. He's on the coaching staff. And <laughs> he mentions how, like, we got to have better mentality, blah, blah, blah. Like, I see you guys are, you know, you guys want it. We have to have that mentality. Like, I was on the 07 Giants. We faced the Patriots that were undefeated. We had the mentality of, like, no matter what, they're not going to beat us. Like, we can't be beat. We have to have that mentality. Um, and Josh McDaniels apparently came up to him afterwards and said, don't ever talk about the Patriots like that. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, holy fucking cannoli, Josh McDaniels, you deserve to be castrated in front of everybody. 
I now understand why he got fired after the deadline. What an unaware sack of dog shit. And then I told my friends today or yesterday, hey, man, this guy asked me, Raiders? And I was like, dude, they fired their coach and GM this week. Raiders Giants is about to be the nobody wants to win bowl. And then I read this at like 1158. And I was just out of it. I forgot to message my guy because if I would have thought about it, I would have been like, dude, bet the house on the Raiders. They got the new coach bump times a million and they dominated. They looked so good. So, hey, man, Raiders are back, baby. (laughs) So I'm curious here. A couple years ago, was it Rich Brasaccia or something? Rich Brasaccia. After the Gruden Gruden leaked emails. Gruden got booted and then he either carries them to the playoffs or almost they did. Right. They did make it. That was the year where there was that weird deal with the Chargers in the last game of the season where people were like, oh, maybe they'll tie and they both get in. It's like, why the fuck would you ever want to tie with your divisional opponent? Yeah, that was that game in the playoffs. Okay, so imagine if we were doing live shows for that game, by the way. Oh, God. That was the game of the decade. Oh, God. Oh, you can't convince me otherwise. So I'm just curious if, you know, this this interim coach works out and they actually play really well. Like, will they decide, you know what? Maybe we should stick with the the interim coach like we should have last time because I thought when they signed McDaniel in the first place. Is it McDaniel or McDaniels? McDaniels with an S. Okay. So we got the good one with no S. Correct. Um... I hated the hire to begin with because yep. I, I still think what he did to Indianapolis several years ago was just terrible, and mm-hmm. he deserves bad karma forever for that. Fuck. Well, just terrible coaching is his bad karma. Should have been yep. fire. I, I, he, he was a fireable coach at the end of last season already. He's such a fireable face, opinion. too. Yeah. So I didn't feel bad, and you know what? Normally I'd say what a low blow to fire somebody – via email at like 12 in the morning. But if anyone deserved it, it was him. It's probably him. Yeah. I hope I, I hope the Colts retweeted the tweet that he found out that he got fired. No shit. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a great point. So get on the Raiders though. Get on the Raiders today. I had uh, Josh Jacobs in a fantasy league, so I was happy to see some touchdowns. That Jets game next Sunday night. If the Jets win tomorrow, that Jets game next Sunday's got some implications, partner. Who knows? New look, the new look Raiders. The Raiders. At least they had this moment today. So next Sunday night, we're not going into that game thinking, God damn it, this game is meaningless. We're actually oh, going to next. Oh, I'll let you finish before I, I move on. I was going to say, we'll go into next Sunday night actually feeling like there's hope that the game will mean something, especially if the Jets win tomorrow, which I have them plus three and a half. So. Take that for what it's worth. I did one $10 parlay today. And the leg that cost me another another minor bad beat here. I had Saints minus eight and a half. They're inside the 10, third down, up seven. If they get a first down, game's over. If they don't get the first down, they'll kick a field goal and go up 10. Oh, they got the first down and they took knees, so I lost. 
I wouldn't consider that a bad beat because no, I, I agree. I agree yeah. because the Bears, the Bears, the plus eight and a half was the winning bet all day. That would have been a bad beat if you had the redacted yeah. plus eight correct. and a half. Correct. But that would have been a disaster. I'm correct. But I am selfish, and my side should have been the right side. Yeah, especially after five turnovers, you got through all of the. If you had a redacted plus eight and a half ticket, and you went through five turnovers. Four of them in your own end, and all of that to cover your better man or woman than me. Congratulations. You earned, you deserved that win. If you were a re- holder of a redacted plus eight and a half ticket, congrats. Good ticket. Today. Good ticket. Very. All right. We've been good today. We've done it well. Let's wrap it up the only way we know how, partner. How about it? Our last motorsport minute of the year, most likely, unless the. I guess we 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 can maybe talk about the Las Vegas Formula One race coming up. That'd be. About I'm really it. I'm really excited for that next week. Even though Max Verstappen, who I love, won his 17th race of the year today. Is he? He's up to 17. Yeah. Holy shit. And I haven't been that dialed in the last month. And so when I, I saw I that, haven't been I haven't followed Formula One hardly at all since like Monaco. I'm a huge I'm a F1 and IndyCar guy. So when I saw that 17, I was like, oh. He's only lost like three races. His only race lost since the uh Sergio Perez race. Since the since the second Sergio Perez win, which was in Baku. His only loss, I think, was Singapore when Carlos Sainz Sainz won, which ended his streak of wins. (laughs) Because he won here in Brazil. He won in Mexico. He won in America. He won at Qatar. So, yeah, the only race he has not won since, yeah, he's only lost three races out of 20. Hilarious. Well, in NASCAR, he could lose the championship in the final race. He could. He could. Listen, man. Ryan Blaney got it done. I was exci- I was happy. I like Ryan Blaney. Also, how Ryan Blaney is it? I'm using Ryan Blaney as an adjective here, I think. Or would this be a verb? How Ryan Blaney is it that he won the title without winning the race? First time that's happened in NASCAR in the elimination playoff format era. And you're right. If anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Ryan Blaney. Mr. Winless 2022, getting in the playoffs with no wins, second in points. This year, gets a few wins along the way. It was very clutch in the last six weeks of the season. Literally, the last six weeks of the season are what won him this championship. The first 30 races of the year, he had one win. And a whole lot of mediocrity. We thought he was going to not make the round of 12. We thought I had him out in the first round in my bracket. We thought he was going to not make the round of eight. We didn't think he'd make the final four. And this motherfucker went coast to coast and won the damn title. Uh, So I do think he probably could have won today. But I think at, at one point he realized that he was much better once they got running, then Larson, and then obviously then Byron. Uh, I think he just kind of backed off of Chastain 
so he didn't screw anything up and he didn't get rossed accidentally. Otherwise, I think he probably could have won. He started to race Ross really hard for the lead with like, I don't know, 100 to 50 laps to go. And then he actually gained the lead and then he lost it right back. And then Truex passed him, fell back to third. And I'm thinking that three way Ryan. That oh three-way boy. battle with him, that Truex, was, and Chastain was awesome. That was good. That was. It good was stuff. dumb. It was dumb as shit, but it was awesome. Because at that point, if you're Ryan Blaney, you're thinking, "Yes, I am a championship guy. They should race me, hopefully, cleanly and everything, and not you know do anything stupid." But that also goes both ways. If you're Truex and Chastain, you've got to be thinking, "I have nothing to lose. This other guy's got nothing to lose." That 12 car, he has everything to lose. So that means we can be aggressive, and he's got a big lead over fourth place right now, or the second place in the points, essentially. He does not need to be racing us this hard, and if he does and it turns out badly, that is on him, not us. So exactly. you know what? For the first time in this playoff era, I felt like, well, obviously, we did not see the winner of the race as the champion. It was nice to see the field not just roll over and die so the championship guys could just be first through third all day. We've, I mean, it, it makes for some compelling championship races, no doubt. But as a race itself, it's kind of nice to have those extra wrinkles where it's not just these championship guys battling for the win. You've got some other guys that are trying. Chastain wants his second win. Harvick trying to get that last win before the season and before his career wraps up. It was nice to see some of those guys at the front of the field today. Chris Busher until a bad pit stop looked like he might be the one that could win the race. Yeah, like halfway through the race. It was Chastain it was like, and Busher and Harvick in the top three. And then it was Busher in fifth. So like And then Busher actually drove up and took the lead a little bit later. So yeah. he had a bad pit stop and fell back to seventh, never really recovered. I think he finished fifth. I don't remember somewhere, where. somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but yeah, Blaney. Um, I think going into last week after, or I guess coming out of last week when he won the race, let's see. Yeah. He won the race. I kind of thought, yeah, I think he might do it next week. It just kind of feels like he's got all the momentum on his side, his team. They are hot right now. And Phoenix just happens to be like one of his best tracks. He finished second there last year, finished That's top what we five talked about. spring. Yep. We talked about it. And he came out and actually qualified pretty poorly. So I thought, oh, maybe he's in trouble. Byron's on the pole. But Blaney kind of slowly and methodically worked his way up. And with this car, we've talked about how hard it is to pass. I was actually pleasantly surprised that he was able to pass. And he was uh, able to bounce back from some not awful pit stops, but he definitely lost track position in the pit several times today. And he can't, he over, he, he, he would go into the bad pits. breaks. Yeah, he, he went into the pits leading the championship four, and he came out second or third of the championship guys, and he had to do it all over again. So, for that, I mean, for what the format and, and NASCAR is supposed to create, good on him for doing what he did. I mean, he won two playoff races. 
on en route to a championship. So good for him there. Um, Larson and Byron. Larson just, he was a little off all day. Byron was pretty good early when he had track position and he started on the pole, led a bunch of laps early. But once he lost the lead, once, yeah, he won the stage. And then once he lost the lead, just didn't have the car. It was pretty clear that Blaney of the, of the championship guys, Blaney had the best car today. And as long as nothing crazy happens, late restarts where anything can happen, as we've seen Friday night in the truck race. I don't know if you watched that disaster, but I heard it was a mess. God, what a disaster that was. It was pathetic. I, I hate that I stayed up and watched it. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. I was going to ask you, so from what I, this is my thought process on the day. Byron obviously had the best car early, was able to lead. And you mentioned, so like around lap 150-ish, halfway through, that's when... I haven't even talked about Christopher Bell. Uh, this is right before Bell crashed. Okay. Um, Blaney finally caught Byron and was able to get past him. And you had mentioned how Blaney was better on long runs. Byron's car wasn't good in that state. And then Bell crashes. They have pit stops to kind of recycle everything. I think Blaney again came out third out of the three guys left between him, Larson, and Byron. He worked through both of them to get back in front of them. Then we had that amazing duel. So we have in fourth and fifth is Larson and Byron going at it in simultaneous actions of Blaney duking it out with Chastain and Truex for the lead. The three of them were going at it, and I thought it was really good racing. And in in the case, the battle between Larson and Byron is just as important because if Blaney fucks the duck <laughs> and it's on between the four and the twenty-five, um, for the for the win, uh, or the four the four twenty-four on the five for the win. <laughs> I know but uh, but then at that Kyle Bush spun out, and I thought Blaney, he's fucked. Gonna fall Larson, back to like seventh in the pits. And what did I tell you? What did I say when Larson came out first? I said, he did it again. Yep. <laughs> Two years ago, when he needed it, he got a pit stop and he came out first. I was like, he did it again. So I understand. My takeaway is I understand you where you come from of like the how the championship is crowned and stuff. I sometimes feel that way, but I'm also at the point of like, well, listen, this is how they do it. It is what it is. Um, I will root for hopefully the most deserving guy gets it. But if not like that, you know, if not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I happen to like Blaney a lot. So I was glad to see him actually get it done. He's not my favorite by any means, but I do like him. But I will say it did like you said it right. Also, and I think you'll respect this point that I'm going to make. From where he was to after the pit stops to fight through the best driver this season and maybe the best driver in the world and go at them for as many laps he did before he finally got in front of it. He he earned it. There was no fluke kind of random. Holy shit. LOL. I won. Here's the title. Absolutely. He earned it today. He absolutely earned it today in my book because he was he that last caution was a terrible break. 
and I thought he was done. I thought Larson had it when he came out first, but nope. He he stayed with him on that restart, got past Byron, and then him and Larson went at it for about 20 laps, and then he got in front of him and pulled away. He in my I mean I'm sure, I, I feel like you'll respect that if you're you are the type of fan that I know you are on the same level of me I'm sure you had that exact same feeling when you think about it is yeah as weird as it was that he got hot off this six week stretch today he had a championship worthy drive definitely did 100 percent he everyone's playing under the same rules and those rules encourage. Finishing first this week, crashing out, trying to get the win next week. That averages out to a 15th place finish, or he can finish second two weeks in a row, have a second place average finish. But the guy with the win, that's going to be weighted a little more heavily. And that's what uh, Blaney was able to do down the stretch. And I will say in the round of eight, it's not like he just got a lucky win. He would have pointed his way in without his win Mm -hmm. because he ran second and first and i think like fourth or sixth or something in the other race so he had a great final round to get to where he was at today yeah and you're right yeah pretty much from the talladega race on he was dynamite he was um so he he uh was the best car today most deserving on this day for sure um tough break for bell i didn't think that he was going to be a factor i think if there was going to be a a straggler kind of bringing up the rear of those four, it would have been bell, but that's what I would have thought going into the day, but he drove up. Also, he started a little mid pack with, uh, with Blaney and he drove up into the top 10. So I wouldn't have been surprised at that point, if he would have been in contention up front, but we talk about the Blaney pit stops and the, how they struggled and cost him position several times. I think bell probably would have been in that same boat. He's, his pit crew seems to, if, whether it's him or the pit crew, something goes wrong for Christopher Bell late in races. And today it just came early, blew a brake rotor, put him in the garage out of the race. No championship for him this year. Great season, but yeah, good on Blaney. Larson, um, yeah, he he had the good pit stop in 2021. That was enough. He was the dominant car all year, and it took a pit stop for him to get the championship to to hold on. Um, I thought maybe he was going to do that today without the incredible season, the first 35 weeks, but Blaney was just so much better. I was, we've talked about how much this next gen car struggles to put on races where you if you're, if you're clearly faster, you can pass a guy, but today for Blaney, he was able to pass. He was able to do it multiple times. Thanks to losing spots in the pits. And then he has to redo it. So. I wanted to see Byron win. I, I I'm wearing a Kyle Larson hat, so I like Kyle Larson. I, I wanted him to win too, but I I wanted to see William Byron have a, a Ryan Blaney type day where he was the best car today to put a bow on top or a cherry on top of a great season where he was of the championship four. He was easily in every statistic you look at the top guy this season wins top fives top tens and he probably would have won regular old style points because it was truex very close i mean i it was truex but the way truex finished the year and the way byron did i feel like byron would have passed him yeah i i do i know depending on what you look at like you can't really do a cross examination of point systems because 
Um, you know, if a guy crashes out because he's in a must-win situation, like if he's not in a must-win situation, he's probably fine with second. Mm-hmm. So I I don't put a whole lot of stock into those things, but I just know William Byron was consistent, averaged about a 10th place finish all season, best in the series, led the second most laps, most top fives, top tens, most wins, an average finish of sixth in the playoffs. I mean, he was that so wins good. that that wins a championship most years, but this year, even he finished free. I mean, he finished fourth today. And in 1999, he would have won the championship with this season, uh, with, with the stats he had this season. So I, I do feel for Byron. I, I thought that I wanted to see him get the uh, get the championship today because of his full season of work. But I knew once FanDuel had a boost that either Byron or Bell are going to win the championship for plus 200. I thought, uh-oh, put your money on Blaney and Larson. Bell is an odd choice. Yeah, they boost they boosted Byron and Bell, either of them, to win the championship to plus 200. And the uh, the conspiracy theorist in me says all Red right Fanduel, Fanduel has no faith in those two winning today <laughs> so what happened in the truck race oh god who so, won it? who won the title ben rhodes won the title okay now, i did see i saw a picture of the flag man like laying over yeah. sad yeah. i was like oh god what happened so on friday night Corey heim was 100% without a doubt in every category you can Im- possibly look at. He was the dominant guy all season. He was the guy that if there were season long points, he would have run away with it and clinched it with like three weeks to go. Mm-hmm. Also happened to have the best car at Phoenix. Nobody was going to stop him from winning that championship. If he keeps all four fenders on it, doesn't get wrecked, etc., etc. Well, what happens? Carson Hosevar stays. They 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 jumble up some pit strategy at, at one point. Carson Hosevar had pitted already, so he stayed out. All the other championship guys they pit. So Hosevar is on a little bit older tire. Corey Heim has had the best car or truck at this point in the race. Final stage. Himes driving through the field. He's on his way up. He's probably going to drive up and take the win here shortly. He passes Hosevar. So he's got his four fresh tires. He's first of the championship guys. He's off and running. He's going to run away with the title. Hosevar is on older tires. He's going to be falling back. He's going to be out of it here soon. Gets into the back of Corey Heim in one corner. Tries to bump him out of the way. No harm, no foul. They keep going. Next corner, Hosevar dives to the inside, washes up, spins out Heim, takes out Stuart Friesen in the process. Friesen's out or wrecked for the day. His car is junk while he was running top five, so he's pissed. But Heim, championship guy, like he he should be the champion under no matter what format you're looking at. He was going to have a perfect day, but Hosevar, he says it was not intentional, but it leaves a little to be interpreted, I suppose. So anyway, Heim has to go to the back. Now Hosevar is up front, bunch bunch of cars pit again, and 
at this point, Hosevar's got old tires. He's fallen back. Himes got some damage. He's stuck in the back. But Himes working his way up. At this point, Grant Enfinger, he's running like third in the race. Ben Rhodes is fourth. They're like two seconds apart. No cautions. Grant Enfinger is going to run away with the championship. Corey Himes running about sixth or seventh at this point. He's already, he's climbed back up. Hosevar on a later caution, he's put new tires on. So now he's going forward. He gets to Corey Heim and Corey Heim with two or three laps to go says, well, you cost me the championship today, boy. Puts them both in the wall, wrecks them both. And they wouldn't have caught the guy who won. No, or who without, won? without, without a caution, they were they were done. It was Grant Enfinger was going to win it without a caution. So this caution comes out because the championship favorite who got spun wrecks the guy who wrecked him. So now so, at this point, you're looking at two guys, third and fourth. It's going to come down to those two. While Carson Hosevar and Corey Heim are now in damaged race cars at the back. Again, Hosevar is actually out, I think, at this point with the damage on his car. So now we go to green, white checker. And finger gets a bad restart. Rhodes goes up to like third or whatever, and he's he's good. And they're crashing again in the back of the pack. And finger, he gets kind of put in the wall a little bit. He's got a little damage. So he's like, Well, I just lost like five positions. Now my championship's real. And so I have to pit again. And at this point, Ben Rhodes is the only championship four guy in the top 20. He literally needs oh, no. nothing more than. Just let me finish this race, and I should be fine. I'm terrified on how this ends. Another restart, and Ben Rhodes is again like third. Car ahead, the truck ahead of him, Zane Smith, probably the dominant car at this point after Himes' incident earlier. Ben Rhodes just needs a clean two laps, clean one lap. Any other? Yeah, flag get, gets the white it? flag. So they restart. Zane Smith misses a shift. Ben Rhodes rams him in the ass and oh. fucked up his hood. So now you're like, uh. he's got a tire rub. Oh my God. Is he going to lose it like this now? And so Grant Enfinger, he's like 18th now. And Ben Rhodes is like third with damage. But he's like, well, I'm staying out. They crash again. They crash again. Eventually they get to four green white checker finishes. Ben Rhodes still has a little damage. Grant Enfinger's got some fresh tires. They restart. There's another wreck coming to the white flag, but NASCAR says, fuck it. This race has gone on too long. We don't need another restart. So this dude's up in the wall, pancaked. Well, well I hope he gets off the track. He should be fine. White flag's out. Enfinger has gotten to the back of Rhodes, and they finish nose to tail after all of that. A few restarts ago, Ben Rhodes was like third, the only guy in the top 20. And Enfinger gets back to him to finish like fifth and sixth in the race or something like that. And uh, the least deserving of all of the championship four contenders, in my opinion, is the one that won the championship. And he did it without winning the race. So Ben Rhodes, as he did two years ago, a very unimpressive overall season when compared to the other guys. But he did enough on that particular night to win it all. Nothing compares to truck championships like the oh Matt Crafton 
winless truck series championship. Ben Rhodes is about as close to that as you could get. He he won two championships in the last three years with a combined three wins. So he did have one win and two wins in those two seasons, but statistically was not even close to the top five in any other categories. So uh, who won and, Saturday? And also, lastly, he only got to the championship four because at Homestead, they did some crazy pit strategy and just barely eked out enough points to make it. I think it was an actual tie and the tiebreaker went to Ben Rhodes to get to the final four. By any means, brother. And then on Saturday, Cole Custer wins. He was probably the best car of the day, but of the championship races, that one was probably, I mean, Cup was pretty good today, I I will say. I I had very low expectations going in. Race was pretty good. Xfinity race was fire. There was, you didn't have the, the, the stupid shenanigans that you saw Friday night. The Xfinity cars, I swear to God, they're never, they never disappoint. They are such a better car than cup or trucks. Uh, they put on good races all the time. And um, all four championship, four guys, John Hunter Nemechek, Sam Mayer, Justin Allgaier and Cole Custer at different points in the race. We're all up in the top five at one point and late in the race. I think the final restart, they were all worked up to first through fourth. And uh, there's a, a late caution because a back marker always has to bring out a caution for a green white checker in NASCAR these days. Cole Custer was running away with it. And he lost the lead on the restart, fell to third, got it back all before the white flag. So between the restart and the white flag, he went from first to third, back to first. And at one point, the four championship four guys were four wide off of turn two, going to the back straightaway, coming to the white flag. It was intense. It was it was really good. Um, if I was looking at a, a full season, it was a John Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek championship to lose. But Custer had the best car and probably as in, in terms of at least on this day, he was the best car. Mm-hmm. To me, there are two championships that I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. I want the season-long guy to win it, or at the very least, the best guy in the championship race to get it. So, like, we got that with Blaney today. Clearly the best championship four car overall. So, if it's not going to be the season-long guy, I'm okay with it being Blaney. On Saturday... Cole Custer was that guy. He was probably the best guy, but they all took turns having having shots, so it was good. Trucks, Ben Rhodes at no point in that race or season was he the worthy champion in my books, but he got it who, done. Who won it last year on the Xfinity? Two years ago was the Danny Hemrick one, right? Two years ago, yes. yes I saw this. Yeah, I saw this. Hemrick winning his only race to win the championship by booting Austin Sindrick out of the out of the way who had won the year before. I I watched this dope ass video on him a couple months ago about like his his path to NASCAR and uh talking about how he had never won and You're then talking the, Hemrick? Yeah. And then the one race he finally won. That was pretty sick. I was like that's cool. I had a parlay that weekend of Sindrick winning Xfinity, Larson winning Cup. And I came that Daniel Hemrick championship away from getting a Cindric Larson double. Tough. So I didn't like Daniel Hemrick that day. How dare you? The un-American. That rascal. 
Un-American. But well, yes, overall, a fun weekend. Xfinity was the best re- best race of the weekend, in my opinion. Cup, thankfully, was second and much better than I anticipated. Good racing comparative to what I would have expected with the next-gen car. Nobody did anything really stupid except me cashing out my 20-to-1 Ross in winner bet too early. I, I don't play out. I cashed it out right when he, Blaney, and Truex were all going at it because I'm thinking Chastain's either going to do something stupid and ruin it. Blaney might be a little stupid and be be too aggressive in a bad situation, mm-hmm. or he's just going to burn up his stuff trying too hard. And then a and caution then, comes out, and, and then Chastain I, yeah. was great on short runs and set up a short run, and he ran away with the race. So I uh, I, I did think too when the caution came out, I was like, oh, he's fucked. Yeah, I was like, "Good job cashing out." Now nah, he just said, oh, "Screw you guys, I'm winning." Yeah, had a great restart, run, ran away with it. So I did, Ross, I did, I did get a twenty to one Michael McDowell top ten though today. So I was happy about that. Ross, where was this car last year? That's all <laughs> yeah. I ask. Yeah, imagine if you could have taken that hail melon and then won the championship the next week. That would it would have been so much cooler than Joey Logano, and I like Joey Logano. Yeah, but Joey Logano is just white toast. <laughs> like, can we get some French toast? Can we get some waffles? Can we get some deluxe pancakes? Even though I'm kind of a normal short stack buttermilk pancakes kind of guy. So you're you're saying you're somebody that would put watermelon on your toast? Watermelon. That's wild. How about this? <laughs> yeah, are you, are you, Joey Logano is like. Are you, are you not regular Cheerios? Reference to Ross Chastain. I, I, I understand the watermelon okay. thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your reaction made me think that you didn't know what I was talking about. No, I get it. Okay. Joey Logano is like regular Cheerios. Oh, yeah. Ross Chastain is like fucking like uh, French toast crunch. Like he's so out there. It would have been so cool yeah. to go from what he did at Martinsville to winning the title. Nope. It's just not even Honey Nut Cheerios, which are good. It was regular Cheerios. That's what Joey Logano was. He's just boring. Yeah, I hear you. All right. We did good today. Next week, we'll be back on a Sunday, a normal Sunday. And I think the next week Sunday show is pretty solid. Let's see if my phone doesn't die. Curious off the top of my head, what do we got next week? Texans Bengals should be fun. Browns Ravens, Niners Jags. Let's go. Lions Chargers. Okay. That Cowboys Giants game. Gross. Jets Raiders Sunday night. So, yeah. Two weeks, though. Big week. Thursday night, Monday night bookend. Top four teams. We'll do the Monday night show. That'll be fun to break down. Hopefully, that game is like game of the year when we do the Monday night show. You know what I'm saying? Give us a nice boost. On a Monday night. It'll be fun. All right, partner. This has been fun. This has been the Sunday night show as always. Thank you all for watching or listening. Um, Nick, thank you as always, partner. Time change? What time change? (laughs) I know, right? It's late as hell every night. I mean, listen, this is what we do. Uh, I I thought, you know, we we were moving and grooving, and then all of a sudden... That's we right. started talking about the truck race, huh? 
No, it's all right. <laughs> I all know. good. I had fun. Uh, all right, man. Much love as always. This has been the Educating Nerds Podcast. If you ain't got your game best test past the sticks, we'll see you guys tomorrow night for the Monday Night Show and the Elite Eight. For Nick, I'm Joe. We'll see you guys. Thanks as always. We're out. Peace.